All right, everybody. This is Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain. I hope you're doing well. This is the 19th of March, 2020. Hmm, I guess tomorrow is the 2020. <laughs> and I uh, hope you guys are doing all right. I hope you're enjoying the exciting gifts that Communist China has uh, had to uh, offer us. And as I pointed out on Twitter, um, 20th century communism says, hey, I killed millions. 21st century communism says, hey, hold my corona. And I'm just going to wait for everyone to come in on the chat. And we will get started in a minute or two. Nice to see you all. I hope you're staying safe. I'm sorry that the topic yesterday of, uh, yesterday, day before, of uh, homeschooling didn't seem to tickle too many people's fancy, but that's all right. Uh, I'm sure that as things go forward and homeschooling becomes more imperative, that we will see more interest in homeschooling. So nice to see the chat filling up. Love your work. Love you guys too. I am always working very, very hard. You know, I've been sleeping a little lightly lately because my Northern European genetics are just flaring into winter is coming, winter is coming. So I'm... Uh, prepping uh, like crazy, and um, I just wanted to sort of clarify. So I did an interview yesterday with uh, Cottrell, and he was saying 18 months. He means 18 months for the whole cycle, not that you need to prep for 18 months. Um, there was some confusion in the comment section that I saw about that, so I wanted to be clear about that, that he was uh, talking about, you know, maybe plan for two months because there may be interruptions in the food supply and so on. So we are, yeah, please watch the homeschooling video. Um, oh, yeah, people say, I was unsubbed from your channel. Yeah, that uh, that happens. Your work ethic is ridiculously good, man. Keep it up. Well, thank you. I, um, I do feel that I have a good ability to communicate this stuff, and it is a very urgent thing to do at the moment. So I hope that you find this helpful. And, um, yeah, so let's, um, when do we start buying bowling and cruise liner stock? Quite a ways, quite a ways. That video is kek. I believe that is the one word. Someone is saying that the virus is definitely not man-made. Don't really believe that after the doctor you had talked with. Okay, so whether it's man-made or not, I mean, you could say it matters, it doesn't matter. I think it kind of matters. You know, if, if it's an accidental death versus a murder, that kind of matters. And so... I've heard a variety of different opinions and arguments. I, of course, lack the technical expertise to be able to judge this for myself. There's lots of back and forth in the scientific community. So the one thing that has me believe that it is man-made is that China is admitting that it's man-made. Because China, as you've probably heard, and by China, of course, I'm not referring to the lovely Chinese people, but the Chinese Communist Party government, the CCP is saying that... America, the American military, created the virus. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting because they're saying then that they believe that China, the CCP, believes that the virus is man-made. Now, that's really quite a staggering admission. You know, if, if somebody's found dead and then some guy in the crowd says, it wasn't me who killed her, it was someone else, well, he's kind of saying, well, it's not an accident but a murder. So if the Chinese propaganda, sadly being amplified by the highly compromised and pro-communist Western media, 
if the Chinese propaganda is that it's America who made the virus, then they're admitting that they believe or have evidence, or maybe they have very good evidence that the virus was man-made. So that's important. That's important. All right. So let's start going through some of the data. There's going to be quite a bit today. So uh, if you're working from home, keep working. Just you can throw me on in the background if you like. But uh, let's start going through this. So this is from, oh, I'm, I'm losing track of the day, sorry, <laughs> March 17th, two days ago, from the New York Post. 86% of people with coronavirus are walking around undetected, a study says. Now that, of course, is quite important. Stealth coronavirus cases are fueling the pandemic with a staggering 86% of people infected walking around undetected, according to a new study. Six of every seven cases, 86%, were not reported in China before travel restrictions were implemented, driving the spread of the virus, according to a study Monday in the journal Science. It's the undocumented infections which are driving the spread of the outbreak, said co-author Jeffrey Shaman. It's a good name for a doctor or co-author of Columbia University Mailman School? Mailman School? Um, maybe that's a typo, or I don't know what that means. But anyway, so I'll, again, I'll put all the links to this below, but let's um, we've got a fair amount of data to get through, so let's be relatively brisk about all of this. An Italian mayor has said, this is from Breitbart. I know, I just gave all the lefties, um, but you know, data is data, right? Data is dead. So let's uh, have a look at this um, Italy just surpassed China with the greatest number of deaths. And of course, well, Italy is kind of like, Northern Italy in particular is kind of like an old age home with uh, direct flights to Wuhan. So uh, we'll learn one day, we'll learn one day. So an Italian mayor says that his city's crematory, crematory, crematory is now, quote, unable to dispose of all the work it has to do and that they have, as there have been so many bodies of those who have died due to the coronavirus. Giorgio Gori, the mayor of Bergamo, Italy, says that it is no longer only the hospitals that are in a state of emergency, but also the crematoriums responsible for managing the bodies. Crematory is no longer enough, says Gori. The oven in the city of Bergamo is unable to dispose of all the work it has to do. So that's, uh, that's pretty nasty. Um... So there's a CPAC, the conservative conference that uh, I think I was at last year. Not that I'm a big conservative, but uh, I was helping my friend Mike Cernovich with hoaxedmovie.com, which you should check, hoaxedmovie.com. Check it out. But there was, uh, this is from Rahim Kassam. So uh, Washington has confirmed a new case of coronavirus in the district. A 23-year-old man attended the CPAC conference and Rahim has been following this whole story from the very beginning and is well worth following on Twitter at Rahim Kassam. He said, Lot of, lots of folks are not getting this, so I'll explain it further. He was likely tested some point in the middle of last week, given the four to five day result period, which means he was 11 or 12 days out of CPAC. Also, new evidence shows it can stick around for up to 37 days. And he links to an article from The Lancet, which is well worth checking out. But this is why, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why this is such a nasty situation. So let's have a look at, uh, this was, I guess, kind of inevitable, but um, this is coming out of 
WFLX.com that there's a new class action lawsuit that is blaming China for the coronavirus. Why? Because China is to blame for the coronavirus. <laughs> and uh, that's not even my humble opinion. I just think that's the basic fact. All right, so we're going to get our nice background here on now. No, not so much. Okay, well, let's see if we can get this. Okay, a federal class action lawsuit has been filed against the Chinese government, quote, for damages suffered as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. The Bergman, sorry, the Berman Law Group based in Boca Raton filed the lawsuit Thursday in Miami Federal Court. According to the complaint, the People's Republic of China and the city of Wuhan, where the outbreak began, are named as defendants in the lawsuit. Quote, the PRC and the other defendants knew that COVID-19 was dangerous and capable of causing a pandemic, yet slowly acted, proverbially put their head in the sand and or covered it up for their own economic self-interest, according to attorney Matthew Moore. Uh, according to the lawsuit, quote, named plaintiffs have been in close proximity to the negligent conduct causing their injuries. Chinese officials knew by January the 3rd that COVID-19 was transmitted human to human and patients started dying a few days later. Yet they kept telling the people of Wuhan and the world at large that everything was fine, even holding a public dinner in Wuhan for over 40,000 families on January the 18th. The lawsuit seeks billions of dollars in compensatory damages for those who have suffered personal injuries, wrongful deaths, property damage, and other damages as a result of China's failure to contain the coronavirus. I have no lawyer. How this plays out is going to be interesting. Okay, let's look at the University of Southampton, because this, if this doesn't rustle your jimmies, your jimmies need serious realignment. Okay, so this is a study that purports to figure out what would have happened if China had acted properly with regards to coronavirus. All right. So this is from 11th March. Boy, doesn't that feel like a century and a half ago now, right? A study by the University of Southampton examining non-pharmaceutical interventions in response to the new coronavirus shows that a range of early coordinated and targeted measures are needed to help significantly reduce the spread. So what they did was they did all these computer models and the upshot, if interventions in the country could have been conducted one week, two weeks, or three weeks earlier, cases could, could have been reduced by 66%, 86%, and 95% respectively. 95%. This, I mean, the people who get this are the people who understand exponentials, who understand compounding rates, right? So just please understand this. If the country had intervened, if China had intervened three weeks earlier, cases could have been reduced by 95%. Now, as I wrote on Twitter yesterday, all China had to do to save the world was close its airports. Close its airports. But it didn't. Instead, it facilitated the spread of people. It uh, denied that there was human-to-human -human transmission. It denied the severity of the issue. It refused to let the World Health Organization in. So, all I'm going to say is that, uh, cross your fingers for that lawsuit, but uh, I guess I wouldn't hold my breath. All right, so let's look at... I'm sorry, I'm not my normal scintillating self, but as I said, sleep has been a little hard to come by. So there's this, you, you probably know this meme that, uh, you know, men killed, women most affected, right? So coronavirus is killing more men than women. But like clockwork, of course, what do you see? Well, you see articles like 
Women's domestic burden just got heavier with the coronavirus. Well, you know, to be fair, the guys running the crematorium in Italy, uh, crematoriums in Italy are not really having a great time either. But hey, let's really, really focus on what's happening with the ladies. I guess it's kind of like with um, Hillary Clinton, who was talking about uh, that, that women are the real victims of war. Yeah, women are victims of war for sure. Now, this is a very important point from Emerald Robinson. I'll spend just a moment on this because, as you guys know, I have uh, suffered uh, fairly significantly from restrictions on my free speech in that uh, when I try and go and give speeches, I get attacked by uh, leftists, uh, anarchists, communists, and so on. And uh, I have experienced oppression on social media. It's tough to get the word out. Now, I have for 15 years that I've been in the public square yawping barbaric philosophy from the rooftops of the world, I have really been um, focusing on, on free speech. So if you look at the lack of free speech in China, it's very, very important. What is one of the main reasons why this went so bad is that the people were suppressed, right? So Emerald points out China, China arrested doctors who warned people about the virus. It attempted a massive cover-up. Then it complained that international air flights, flights were closed. Then it claimed the virus came from the USA. Then it called people racists who said the virus was from China. So this is another reason if people are dying, well, people are dying, of course, by the thousands, a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's no free speech in China. Free speech is essential, not just for communicating ideas, but for keeping people alive, for keeping people alive. This is how important free speech is. And this is why I continue to hammer repeatedly, and I will continue to hammer these people repeatedly until I take that eternal dirt nap. I will keep talking about free speech because this is an example of just how terrible and how dangerous and horrifying a society is that has no free speech. They can suppress this kind of information and they can infect the world. Now, as I said on Twitter, the real virus is communism. The real virus is communism. Coronavirus is just kind of how it, sp it spreads, right? Because we're kind of facing a fork of the road. We're going to have smaller government, we're going to have bigger government, but it's not going to stay the same. All right, so this is from the Times. Yeah, yeah, cookies, cookies. All right. This is from March the 1st. Chinese laboratories identified a mystery virus as a highly infectious new pathogen by late December last year, but they were ordered to stop tests, destroy samples, and suppress the news a Chinese media outlet has revealed. A regional health official in, ding, 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 that's right, Wuhan, center of the outbreak, demanded the destruction of the lab samples that established the cause of unexplained viral pneumonia on January 1st. China did not acknowledge that there was human-to-human -human transmission until more than three weeks later. The detailed revelations by Kaixin Global, a respected independent publication, provide the clearest evidence yet of the scale of the cover-up in the crucial early weeks when the opportunity was lost to control the outbreak, censors have been rapidly deleting the report from the Chinese internet. So why would you want all of this work destroyed? Why? Why would you want all of this work destroyed? Well, I think the answer is too clear to such a smart audience as this to need much explanation. Italian health ministry confirms only 12 coronavirus fatalities as of yesterday did not have other serious health complications. So that's, uh, that's important, right? I mean, there is a comorbidity, so to speak. In other words, if you have underlying health conditions, you are going to have 
a much worse time with coronavirus, although uh, there is evidence that it's affecting young people more, and also that it can leave permanent damage, as I had talked about before. Amy Quinn says, China is expelling all American journalists with the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post, myself included. So many feelings, but I keep coming back to my last trip to Wuhan, where people were so willing to talk, they wanted the world to know what was happening to them and to hold their government accountable. So yeah, China is uh, expelling all of these journalists, and um, you know, okay, it's uh, not exactly the greatest journalism in the world, New York Times is uh, an insult to fish wrapping, but that is also happening as well. Now, when it comes to causality, this is really, really important, right? So when it comes to causality, there's a funny thing that happens. It's kind of a predictable thing once you've been around the block a couple of times. There's a kind of funny thing that happens in the world. So when something bad happens, all of the people who contributed to it happening, they say, well, people start to say, well, isn't it largely your fault that this is happening? And people say, hey, man, Now's not the time for pointing fingers and assigning blame. We can do all of that later. Now we've got to deal with the crisis. And of course, the later never comes. Tomorrow never comes, right? So I am going to continue to, to work on this. I am going to continue to, continue to ha hammer China's international social credit score because it is important, but it's not just China. So Hillary, of course, was going on and on about this racism stuff, which is, yeah, yeah, we get it. Non-whites vote Democrat. I get it. But Brian Dean Wright pointed out President Clinton and Congress let China into the World Trade Organization, wiping out our industrial base and letting critical industries be shipped abroad. This came after years of illegal don donations by the Chinese government to the DNC and the Clinton administration. By the way, you and your husband can stuff it. Now, please, whatever you do, do not be around Bill Clinton when someone tells him to stuff it. That is not... Not, not, a good, not a good place to be. So, yeah, so this, this history, how did um, all of this manufacturing end up in China? How did the West end up so vulnerable to China? Well, it was not part of the free market. It's part of a whole series of very politicized decisions that uh, I assume are as corrupt as just about every other decision that gets made uh, in politics. Just about, not necessarily all, but, uh, well, let's just say close to all. All right. Let's keep plugging along and throw the deep flashlight of illumination down the tunnel of time. Let's go back to January the 14th. Wow. January the 14th. I'm just going to check on with everyone here. Yeah. The real virus is humans. Yeah, yeah. I saw the Matrix too. That's really deep. Um, okay. So let's go back to January the 14th. The, the World Health Organization tells everyone, don't worry. Because China has said the coronavirus isn't contagious. The World Health Organization tried to calm fears of a pandemic on January the 14th by repeating China's claim that coronavirus was not contagious among humans. Quote, preliminary investigations conducted by the Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence, no clear evidence, either clear there is kind of important, of human-to-human -human transmission of the novel coronavirus identified in Wuhan, China, just 60 days later, the global death toll from coronavirus had topped 8,000 and continued to climb. Over 200,000 cases have been documented in 145 countries. But the virus's means of transmission was far from the only misinformation coming from Chinese officials. Beijing reported that the first known case of the novel coronavirus was recorded in mid-December. 
but later reporting from outside sources suggested that the earliest cases were tracked, were tracked in November and kept under wraps. China's first confirmed coronavirus case was on November 17, 2019. China knew about the virus and the rest of the world didn't find out about the virus until months later. In addition, Cakes and Global reported that Chinese officials had identified the virus as early as mid-December, but were instructed to destroy both their test results and their samples. Again, why? Well, the answer is pretty clear to me. I'm sure it's fairly clear to you as well. UK Times reported a regional health official in Wuhan, center of the outbreak, demanded the destruction of the lab samples that established the cause of unexplained viral pneumonia. China did not acknowledge there was human-to-human transmission until more than three weeks later. So again, I'll put the sources to this below. Uh, you can, of course, follow all of this information up yourself, and you should. This is very, very important to follow to understand, because we're going to be living with this, well, uh, frankly, forever. I mean, this you can't put the toothpaste back in the toothpaste tube, as my aunt used to say. There is no unringing the bell. It's here, and it's going to stay. Okay, so the amount of Chinese communist or Chaikom propaganda that's being echoed by the mainstream media is, I mean, I would say truly appalling, but um, I did a presentation many years ago on Senator Joseph McCarthy, who was even more right than he knew. So, let's see here. Uh, NBC News resorts are repeating propaganda produced by China's ruling communist regime. This comes as NBC's parent company, NBC Universal, continues to work with a consortium of Chinese state-owned companies on a multi-billion-dollar project in Beijing. NBC News is inadvertently lending legitimacy to China's ruling regime at a time when it is cracking down on its own citizens in Hong Kong. And uh, yeah, the 20-year persecution of tens of millions of Chinese citizens for their practice of Falun Gong. I think I'm going to put an interview I did with a practitioner of Falun Gong talking about this later today or tomorrow. So, yeah, the amount of repeating stuff is really, really quite uh, powerful. And um, well, let's see here. Let's just go real briefly over the list of ghastly things that the Chinese Communist government has done in regards to this outbreak. All right. People in the world have to thank China for covering up the outbreak since November 2019, silencing whistleblowers in early December, still covering up the actual numbers until March 2020, letting infected people travel around the world, rejecting the help from the U.S. and other countries, controlling the World Health Organization to mislead people about the severity, threatening governments to stop exporting critical medical resources, spreading fake news about the origin of the virus and weaponizing racism to escape responsibility. Yeah, just, just so you know, like, you probably don't know the history of this, but uh, it's well worth looking. You had Wood Griffin and all of that uh, history about this. But um, uh, racism is a word invented by communists to attempt to assassinate, and often successfully assassinate, the character of people who are anti-communist. So when you hear someone being called a racist, almost all the time, they're simply anti-communist, and they're being labeled as a racist. It's part of a... Uh, and this is not... I'm not making this up. I mean, this is very much... Um, part of and has been publicly uh, expressed by uh, 
the communists. You know, you can also hear white nationalists or fascists or uh, white supremacists, or you can hear, um, you know, just a wide variety, a Nazi uh, and so on, a wide variety of terms that are used to character assassinate people who are anti-communist. As you can see from the 20th century, these people don't freaking play around. Uh, they go for power in a fully Nietzschean manner. Uh, yes, let's go. Uh, we get to, can we get there? So the novel coronavirus originated in Wuhan, China, was covered up by the Chinese Communist Party, which lied to global health experts and exacerbated the pandemic's global spread. Now the Chinese are engaged in a disinformation campaign to blame the United States. And so when Trump is referring to COVID-19 as the China virus, this is in direct response to the disinformation campaign being run by China to blame America for the spread of the virus. Again, leftists will always accuse you of what they themselves are doing. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to take a wheel to spin. Okay, so this is from two days ago. Another Chinese diplomat accused the U.S. military of starting the novel coronavirus outbreak, which is widely believed to have originated in China, even after high-level rebukes from the State Department. Chinese ambassador to South Africa, Ling Songtian, tweeted on Monday that, quote, more evidence suggests that the virus was not originated at the seafood market in Wuhan at all, not to mention the so-called Made in China. He was, quote, tweeting a missive from China's foreign ministry spokesman Zhao Lijian, who shared an article saying, quote, this article is very much important to each and every one of us. Please read and retweet it. COVID-19, further evidence that the virus originated in the U.S. And, um... Let's see here. I don't even really want to repeat this uh, propaganda, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just deflection and accusing other people of what you yourself are doing. Standard communist tactics. You know how um, the communists claim that uh, they're really, really standing for the working man and they want to help the working people and so on? Well, generally the first people that they enslave when they put in there. Oh yeah, so a while back ago, there was a lot of, uh, oh, well, how would a libertarian society deal with this kind of pandemic? Well, of course, this kind of pandemic would not start in a libertarian society because um, you wouldn't be able to um, fund these, these horrible experiments, this horrible stuff. And even if this did just sort of come out on its own, then what would happen is the free speech would have it revealed very, very quickly. It would be covered up. Uh, sorry, it would be uh, uh, squelched very quickly, the spread and the outbreak and so on. So the idea that a free market could somehow not handle this, even if it did end up somehow being produced in a free market, well, not really. So let's just see here. There was something else I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's just a little thing here. Uh, let me just pull this up. So for those of you who know the history of my uh, censorship and suppression uh, about a year, a little over a year and a half ago, I did a tour of Australia and uh, had sold out speaking gigs, 1,000 people plus per gig. It was really a great deal of fun. I had dinners. I had meetups. Uh, I had a really, really great time in, um, in five cities in, um, in, in Australia. And then I was supposed to go to give a speech in New Zealand, but uh, bomb threats and, and all of that shut the whole thing down. And um, Jacinda Arden, the um, highly leftist, like you can see speeches of her blurting out comrades like she's some sort of socialist Tourette syndrome person and um, you know part of what they didn't like was that I'm critical of mass immigration 
So I guess they finally caught up with me because now, for the first time in New Zealand's history, the New Zealand's borders will be closed to everyone in the world except for New Zealand citizens and residents. The dramatic steps which come into effect, what was that, yesterday? No, today. Come in today at 11.59 p.m., which nobody knows what that is because New Zealand basically operates in a completely different time parallel universe. As an attempt to protect New Zealand from the COVID-19 virus, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern told media tonight, protecting New Zealanders from COVID-19 is our number one priority. See, this is the way it works for the elites, right? So you can't close borders if it's simply your people who want less crime, uh, less no, fewer no-go zones, if you want people who want to be able to maintain their culture and who don't want rapidly high taxes and debt because mass migration is a giant government program. Right? It's, not, it, it's nothing to do with the free market, nothing to do with the free movement of people. And so when people want their borders closed because of their own particular preferences, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares and you're just a racist. But when the leaders are threatened, in other words, when they could catch a particular disease, then woof the borders get closed, like, faster than you wouldn't believe. So, yeah, they are closed for business. And uh, do I get apologies for saying that border controls should be implemented because they're dangerous? It's dangerous to have no border controls or to inform, to have massive, massive migration coming in? Well, let's see here. So how much does history repeat? You know, how am I able to come up with such accurate predictions? It's magic. It's the fortune cookie of the gods. Uh, no, it's none of those things. All it is is knowing uh, history. And this is just a little bit older, of course. We've been down this road before, right? So SARS came out in, uh, this is Sudden Acute Respiratory Syndrome, uh, in early 2003, and uh, well, killed, killed a lot of people, I think 800 people in Hong Kong alone. Chinese government officials did not inform the World Health Organization of the SARS outbreak for four months. China eventually officially apologized for suppressing knowledge about the SARS outbreak in early 2003. Same story, almost two decades later with disastrous results. So knowing this reality, knowing this basic fact, the moment that I heard there was something bad in China, I'm like, oh, bet you they've been covering up. Oh, here comes a pandemic. <laughs> and that's why. Um, now, if you want to know the philosophy of border controls, I'm an empiricist, which means... Um, you know, physical evidence is the way to go when it comes to validating theories. Okay, so here is physical evidence. So, coronavirus in nations with minimal border controls. So, France, 9,100. Italy, 35,000. Spain, 17,100. Supposed to be Germany, 13,000. Coronavirus in countries with strong border controls. Hungary has only 73. Poland, 325. Israel, 529. Russia, 147. The UK border still remains open. So, like, here's the thing. I'm really, I'm really on the fence about this, guys. I could be uh, really cold-hearted, or maybe this is just realism. But for all of those people who've attacked all of us out here in the world, who've been trying to get some sense of border control, been trying to slow down this mass movement of human people, unprecedented in human history, um, and where it's even been attempted in human history has had disastrous results. So for those of us who've been out here in the naughty corner land, in the no-no zone land of talking about things that other people find uncomfortable, like I actually was um, about, about a year ago, I was in San Francisco and I talked to the mayor 
of Skid Row, so to speak, the guy who's really up there in terms of managing Skid Row, the sort of homeless area in San Francisco. And we talked a lot in the interview. You can find it uh, on my website, freedomain.com. Just click on the documentaries tab, scroll down a bit. There's a whole series there. You should really watch it because it's really more relevant now than it was even before, just like my Hong Kong documentary, which you should really watch as well. But we talked a lot about the dangers of disease and transmission and how medieval it all was and the circumstances that were leading to the spread of disease. Now, of course, you get coronavirus into the mix and San Francisco is, well, even more of a hellscape than it used to be. So for those of you who are out there, like, I'm, I'm not taking any of this blood on my hands, my friends. I'm not. I am standing uh, proud in everything that I've advocated for. And all of those people who've derided me and attacked me and insulted me and slandered me and libeled me and you name it, because of my stand, okay, you look at these numbers. Look at these numbers. 35,000 versus 73. 35, my conscience is clear. I've been out here advocating, taking unbelievable language bullets and bomb threats and death threats to put forward this information. And do you know why my conscience is clear? Because in doing so, I've contributed to saving thousands and thousands of lives. Now, if you've been out there, and it's not just me, it could be anyone attacking, oh, open borders, man, that's so libertarian. Steph's betrayed the cause. He's, you know, he's, he's a statist. He's become a toad-sucking, a Trump-sucking toady and all this. Thing. Okay, well, uh, you, had your, you had your say. You had your little hissy fit on the internet. And uh, look at these freaking numbers, man. Look at these numbers. Look at these numbers. Burn them into your brain because you contributed to those top rows. You contributed to weakening the case for border controls. And maybe you're all just some big purist and you don't mind thousands of bodies piling up because of your ideology. But I'm not that guy because that could be you, that could be me, that could be someone we love. So if you want to look at these two sets of numbers, I'm telling you, there's blood on your hands because you have contributed to the intellectual culture that weakens border controls, which has let a flood of people in with diseases that has killed thousands of people. Thousands of people. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you're a complete sociopath. I don't know. But the reality is, that is blood on your hands. My conscience is more than clear because my conscience has helped, to some small degree, has helped countries like Hungary, Poland, Israel, and Russia to keep their borders closed. And that has saved thousands of lives. So you better wake up to the words you're putting out there in the world. They have incredibly serious, dangerous, and fatal consequences. You better be responsible for what you put out there in the world. And let your conscience teach you to do things a little bit better. All right. So for the young people in my audience... So, <laughs> yo, word to your mater. All right. So I want to make sure that you guys stay safe as well. You are the future. We are the world, but you are the future. All right. So this is from Bloomberg. And this is from yesterday. Uh, okay. 
uh, yes, young people are falling seriously ill from COVID-19. In, in the U.S., two, 705 of the first 2,500 cases range in age from 20 to 44. Let's turn this off. Save my precious bandwidth. Wait, can it be stopped? There we go. All right, new evidence from Europe and the U.S. suggests that younger adults aren't as impervious to the novel coronavirus that's circulating worldwide as originally thought. Despite initial data from China that showed elderly people and those with other health conditions who are most vulnerable young people from 20-somethings to those in their early 40s, are falling seriously ill. Many require intensive care, according to reports from Italy and France. The risk is particularly dire for those with ailments that haven't yet been diagnosed. Deborah Burks, White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator, said, It may have been that the millennial generation, our largest generation, our future generation, that will carry us through for the next multiple decades. Here may be a disproportional number of infections among that group. In Europe, so in Italy, almost a quarter of the nearly 28,000 coronavirus patients are between the ages of 19 and 50, according to data website Statistica. Statista? Sorry, Statista. There we go. Similar trends have been seen in the U.S. Among the nearly 2,500 of the first coronavirus cases in the U.S., 705 were aged 20 to 44, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Between 15 and 20% eventually ended up in the hospital, including as many as 4% who needed intensive care, few die. Um, one, of the, uh, one of those younger adults in, is Clement Chow, an assistant professor of genetics at the University of Utah. He said, I'm young and not high risk, yet I am in the ICU with a very severe case. We really don't know much about this virus. Chow had a low-grade fever for a few days and then a bad cough that led to respiratory failure. It turned out to be the coronavirus. He ended up on a high-flow oxygen in the ICU. When he arrived last Thursday, he was the first patient there. Now there are many more, he tweeted. Now, of course, the risk of death climbs precipitously with age. And there were, while there were only 144 patients over 85, as many as 70% were hospitalized, 29% needed intensive care, one in four died. One in four died. Emerging evidence suggests that infants and toddlers may also be at risk of severe complications in a study of more than 2,000 young children with COVID-19 from China published this week in pediatrics. Chinese doctors found that about 11% of cases in infants were judged to be severe or critical, as were 7% of those in toddlers and preschoolers. While still a lower rate of severe disease than adults, it's hardly insignificant. So stop partying and going to beaches and hanging out in bars. I mean, just do that in general. God's sakes, grow up. This, this, this pursuit of drunkenness and this pursuit of meaningless sex that uh, gives people diseases, it's ridiculous. Uh, it is ridiculous, and you all need to grow up. And I say this because I wasted some time in those concerns as well, so I'm not saying this from any massively superior standpoint. I'm just telling you as uh, everybody's favorite internet dad. All right. And, uh, of course, there is uh, issues with um, long-term potential, long-term health damage that is going on as well. Now, let's talk some good news, shall we? Yes, let's talk some good news. Human ingenuity. Uh, you know, human ingenuity keeps giving us devils and also gives us the exorcisms of potential good medicine. So let's... Uh, this is again from Emerald Robinson. Folks, it looks like we have found some treatments for coronavirus that really work. 
Plaquenil is showing promise in multiple trials. South Korea is using Caletra and Planaquil, uh, sorry, Plaquenil on patients with good results. Trials for favilavir and remdesivir are promising. It's good news. Tommy Diamond says, oh, Lord, <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'm sorry. I'm too tired for polysyllabic Welsh nicknames of Aztec gods. So these two drugs or treatments combined are 100% effective against coronavirus, plus they are generic drugs, so inexpensive for treatment. And they have been on the market for years now, 50 years for one of them. Okay, so let's go into this Science Direct article, because that, of course, is uh, some, I mean, enormously good news. So let me just go in here. I'm just going to pull up that website. We'll have a look at this as well. Um, that is, uh, that's the kind of stuff that we, we really, really want to hear. And let's look at this. All right. Oh, come on, Mr. Background. Are you going to give me some nice stuff here? No? All right. Can I at least get the... Okay, here we go. Uh, all right. Repositioning of drugs for use as antiviral treatments is a critical need. It is commonly very badly perceived by virologists as we experience when reporting the effectiveness of for Zika virus. A response has come from China to the respiratory disease caused by the new coronavirus that emerged in December following the very recent publication of results showing the in vitro activity of blah blah against SARS-CoV-2. Uh, Data has been reported on the efficacy of this drug in patients, and um, 20 clinical studies were launched in several Chinese hospitals. The first results obtained from more than 100 patients showed the superiority of chloroquine compared with treatment of the control group in terms of reduction of ex or of exacerbation of pneumonia, duration of symptoms, and delay of viral clearance all in the absence of severe side effects. So that's good. That is very good. And let's, of course, all keep our fingers crossed that this can be a solution. Um, it would be great. Uh, and Coulter has tweeted, um, hopeful news. I can put this up too, just for those who don't particularly want to um, follow all of this stuff down the rabbit hole. I miss just being able to do rants where I didn't have to give sources other than my own rationality. And Coulter wrote, hopeful news on the cure front. Recent well-controlled clinical study in France, 100% of patients who received a combo of HCQ and azithromycin, azithromycin tested negative and were virologically cured within six days of treatment. That's good. Another good thing that's coming out, of course, is that a Trump is using this not as an excuse, but as a, a, a leverage, as a weapon, to take down some of the red tape that's going on in the Food and Drug Administration. So a real brief history lesson here. The Food and Drug Administration was created in the 1960s because there was a drug that women were taking for morning sickness that produced birth deformities. And people were kind of horrified by this, as of course they should be, right? Thalidomide was the name of the drug. And so it was brought in, and then it slowed down the production of new drugs. And I had a woman on my show a couple of years ago, a number of years ago now, named Dr. Mary Ruart, R-U-W-A-R-T. And you should look up her stuff. Even as of many years ago, she had calculated the FDA had cost the lives of about 5 million Americans by denying them access to drugs that were perfectly safe and legal in Europe, in Japan, in other countries. 
And so if there's a chance to reform, to de-red tape, or ideally it would be to abolish, but there's 17,000 people at the FDA uh, blocking cures. So millions of Americans have been killed by the FDA. If the FDA is reformed to the point where people can get access to life-saving medicines that are perfectly legal and safe in other countries, then the coronavirus might actually end up saving life. I think this is a strange world that we live in, right? I mean, I was trying to look for the upside, not to the point of being crazy. But this crisis could reform the FDA, which could end up saving far more lives in America than it costs. Um, so somebody was pointing out here, several experts have said, that the theory that the virus was meant to be a bioweapon doesn't make sense. One big reason COVID-19 isn't all that deadly or transmissible compared to other potential pathogens out there. Now, this is not a good line of argument. I'm not saying it is a weapon. I don't know. But if you want to take down someone else's economy, then what you, you don't do is you release some virus that just kills people outright. Because then it goes through, it burns through the population, and that's it, right? If you really want, and this is an old trick of the French resistance, back when the French resisted things, what they did was they said, look, if we're fighting against the Germans who were occupying the north of France um, after they won in May 1940, said, if you want to take on the Germans, what you do, you don't kill a guy, you don't kill a German soldier, you wound him. Because if you kill him, they just bury him. But if you wound him, then he sits in a hospital, he takes up medicine, he takes up resources, you've got to rehab, physical therapy, it takes up a lot more resources. So if you really want to destroy, if you want to destroy a primitive economy, then you just release stuff that kills people. If you want to destroy a modern, relatively free market economy, you release a pathogen that is dangerous to many, consumes resources, shuts down the economy, and that's how you win. Again, I'm not saying it's a weapon, but saying, well, it could have been more dangerous uh, to people that doesn't, you, you don't understand how these kinds of weapons work. You want the splash damage if you're evil, right? You want the splash damage of the consumption of medical resources and the destruction of the economy to cause all of this, right? Now, there's something else that kind of crossed my mind. This is probably nonsense, but I, um, I was thinking of kind of the irony of you know, the boomers dumped their kids in daycare to a very, very large degree. And actually, I, I believe we can go full screen for this, can't we? Yeah, I think we're done with the updates. Then I'll, I'll take some questions if you guys have any, and uh, we can talk about that kind of stuff a little more. Let me do my high-tech physical movement of my microphone here. Sorry for all of that. But, uh, oh, should I? Should I? Okay. Yeah, let's be a little anal. Um freedomain.com forward slash donate. Listen, if you can help out the show, I'd really appreciate it. I know a lot of people are out there hurting financially. And of course, if you're low on money, please buy supplies for yourself rather than donate to me. But if you found it helpful that I've been doing these kinds of presentations, you know, staying up till all hours, trying to familiarize myself with some pretty arcane material, if you find this helpful and it's saved you money, it's saved you time, it's given you peace of mind, please, please, freedomain.com forward slash donate. Only what you can afford. Please don't send me anything you can't afford keep that for yourself but if you do have some extra resources i would really really appreciate it because uh, donations of course are down because uh, people are losing jobs and so on and, and again I, please don't send me anything you can't afford but if you can i would hugely appreciate it the link of course is below so anyway i was thinking about the boomers dumping their kids in daycares now one of the things that happens to kids in daycares 
if you don't know, is that they get sick, like an insane amount. And, and if you're in daycare, you're a kid in daycare, you are going to get sick 18 times more often than if you're at home, which means that your childhood is just basically one long misery of staggering from cold to flu to whatever, right? Some sort of infection or some sort of stomach ailment or whatever it is, right? Worms or, <laughs> I don't know, of alien, aliens burying eggs in your belly. So also, if you are in daycare, about 20% of the kids in daycare are just sick. And about eight, over 80% of kids who are ill still get dropped off at daycare, right? Because the parents are like, hey, man, I got to get to work. All right, need to chase the money, got to chase the money. And every year that your kid is in daycare, that kid is at a 50 to 100% increased risk of a serious or even fatal disease. This is especially true with this multiculturalism, massive import of people from all over the world. They bring all of their pathogens with them. You know, like the, 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 the commies, the communists in, in the media and in academia and in Hollywood are still infinitely more angry at the European settlers who inadvertently brought smallpox to the New World, much more so than the Chinese, than the Chinese Communist Party that covered up and helped unleash this virus on the world. And of course, when the Europeans came to the New World, or rather came back to the New World, they'd been there before, there wasn't even a germ theory. Nobody knew anything about germs. Germ theory wasn't developed until the late 19th century. This, of course, occurred long before that. So people who had no concept of germs, those people are held infinitely more responsible. Wiped out, genocide, biological warfare, and so on. But of course, the communists who covered up and released all this stuff, well, they're you don't talk about that. They're fine. It's America's fault. God, it's contemptible. I just, I can't even tell you just how contemptible it is. So anyway, the point is that boomers dump their kids in daycare where the kids got sick all the time and sometimes seriously ill and sometimes fatally ill. And now the boomers are in retirement homes worrying about getting sick. It's not right, but I can, I'm, I'm sort of trying to plumb and understand, what's it, Vanessa Hudgens or someone who put out this cold videos about, hey, you know, people are going to die. Where does this coldness towards the elder, elder generation comes from? Well, it has a lot to do with, of course, how terrible the schools are. It has a lot to do with um, being dumped in daycare and just not having that one-on-one -on -one connection with your parents. It has a lot to do with parents who chase the almighty dollar rather than spend time with their children. It has a lot to do with um, terrible schools. It has a lot to do with the boomers incessant greed and failure to fight creeping leftism and socialism and subjectivism and relativism and postmodernism and all that kind of stuff. And not just failing to fight it, but actively attacking anyone like myself who did uh, fight it. So there is a cycle in life. And I am concerned that some of the coldness of the elder generation is causing, or I say causing because it's still all free will. But it is contributing to this coldness toward the elder generation where, you know, they're calling it the boomer remover or the boomer doomer or these kinds of things, right? This um, hatred and contempt towards the boomers is really, really significant and, uh, and powerful and, uh, and alarming, of course, right? I'm not saying it's entirely undeserved, but of course you don't want to um, paint everyone with the same brush, right? So a lot of boomers were fighting about this kind of stuff. And um, all right. So let us uh, appreciate, look at this, we've had 60 frames a second. Uh, I can't even tell you what wrestling work I've been doing with my internet lately, but 
I think uh, we're doing we're doing well here. Let's see here. Yeah, so I've heard this Lyme disease was a bioweapon. I looked into that briefly. I didn't find any particular evidence. Uh, it's true. I was in daycare all of my young life and in before and after school programs until moving in with my dad. Yeah, daycare is terrible. It's incredibly destructive for children. Uh, it is monstrous. Uh, it's low rent, low quality people in general who are teaching in the daycare. And uh, it's, you know, people, uh, you know, they dump their kids in daycare. And then they say, well, like, when the kids get to be teenagers, like, how come you're listening to my peers more than me? It's like, because you dumped me in daycare. Because you dumped me in daycare, I ended up having to wrestle with and deal with my peers rather than you. And if you put your kids in daycare, in my view, you are pretty much guaranteeing yourself hell on earth when it comes to the teenage years because your kid doesn't want to be in daycare and you've taught you've taught the kid hey i don't care that you want don't want to be in daycare mommy wants a job okay so you've just taught the kid that you don't have to care what other people want and so then when you get when the kid gets older and starts roaming around the neighborhood and then you say well this is upsetting to me the kid's like yeah well it was upsetting for me that you put me in daycare so why the hell should i care about your feelings when you didn't care about mine. I mean, you just, you've got to devote yourself to your kids. Otherwise, the teenage years are going to be hell on earth. All right. All prostitutes should wear hazmat suits. Yeah, well. Let's see here. World's biggest cope is to say that this would never happen in a free market libertarianocracy. Yeah, I mean, why on earth would any free society want to create such a, a, such a weapon? And of course, here's the other thing too. So in a free market society... This, it drives me insane. I, like, I literally, I'm, I'm still wrestling with this after many decades. Like, it drives me crazy just how, in this world that we live in, bad people on the far side of political power, like on, uh, over the red, fiery mode of political power, they face virtually no negative consequences for their horrible actions. You know, when, when George Bush Jr. lied America into a war with Iraq and, to some degree, Afghanistan, well, what happened? He's got a nice retirement, does a couple of speaking gigs, shows people his paintings on his iPad on a plane. It's fine. No conscience, no issues, no, no problems. You know, I put out a video a little while back ago where the left and right channels were separated. I was talking in one ear, somebody else was talking in another. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, oh, I got to fix that. Felt bad, right? No particular harm done. Never did start a war that killed hundreds of thousands of people, destabilized an entire region, and in the city of Fallujah didn't unleash weapons that genetically destroy the population to the point where there'll be birth defects for generations. Nothing bad happens. Nothing bad happens. People who get everything wrong in the media, nothing bad happens. Nothing bad happens. I wouldn't want to live in that world with no feedback for negative behavior for destructive behavior and yeah i mean china's going to get away with it nothing bad's going to happen it's fine they probably shorted a whole bunch of american stocks so yeah nothing's going to happen nobody uh nobody has any negative consequences you know i was thinking about this the other day a friend of mine when i was younger had really really tough family situation i won't get into any details because not their fault that i have a voice but really, really had a difficult time and was really having trouble concentrating on his studies. And he didn't do very well. Didn't fail out, but didn't do very well. And he was put on academic probation. 
And that's, I mean, that's pretty serious stuff. I mean, you want to get through your degree, putting, going on academic probation, it takes a year out of your life. You're not allowed to go back to the university for a year. So you've got to find something else to do and your whole life is on hold for like a year. And it's like, sh like shaving a year off your life in some way, right? So he sat down, he wrote this letter saying, you know, man, here's all the stuff that was going on. Boom, boom, boom. It was really, really a heavy scene. And, you know, it's, it's been resolved. I, I, I am absolutely committed. You know, please let me back in. Let me just come in for a semester, see how I do, blah, 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 right? And what did the administration say? They wrote him back saying, well, you see, if you were facing these personal crises, you should have just adjusted your course load lower so that you could manage the situation, right? And he was like, what, 19, I think, or 20? So he was blamed for things outside of his control. Yeah, you know, you could say, well, he should have lowered his course load or something like that. But, you know, you're just battling. You're just trying to get through, right? And, okay, so you can say, well, that's, you know, that's their prerogative. That's fine. They can do that. It's like, sure, sure, it's fine. They can do that. Absolutely. But these were all boomers, right? And when I was a kid, like I had a crazy, chaotic, violent home life. Nobody ever said to me, oh, well, you know, yeah, it's true. You can't really study at home. You kind of got to go to the library and you don't sleep at night because your mom's pacing around. And my mom used to, we had this uh, electric, very loud electric typewriter. My mom would sometimes be up all night obsessively writing this, that, or the other in my room. Like it's impossible to sleep. And so I was never, like, I'm held to the same standards as everyone else. And maybe there's some good stuff in that. There's certainly some bad stuff in that. And I don't know how schools would solve that particular problem because people could just lie about their home life and all that. But um, there was no relaxation of standards for me and no relaxation of standards for my friend. The boomers were like, hey, man, you just, I don't care. you got to be held to the same standards. You're completely responsible at the age of, I guess I was like 10 or whatever, right? Or um, my friend who was like 19 or 20, you're 100% responsible. Okay. So that's the rule, right? 100% responsible. So when boomers cry victim, little tough, a little tough to take it seriously. Uh, pneumonia can cause permanent lung damage. Do not be hysterical, folks. Uh, parents who kicked you out as soon as you're 18 during the 2008 global recession, where it's hard to get a minimum job dishwashing, weren't the best either. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Let's see here. Uh, is anybody sick? I see zero people sick. Thank you for taking your slings and arrows. Hey, man, it's for the course. It, it, if it helps you guys, I would rather, um, you know, you, you always see in these movies, you know, like the, the people are like, they're trying to get to safety and some guy like there's dinosaurs or bad guys or, or lions and some guys like, hey, over here, over here. And they all go chasing him. I mean, I'm not sort of trying to paint myself as some heroic guy that way. But my life has been kind of set up to the point where the arrows bounce off me. I mean, I very, very consciously set up my life to the point where, you know, all of the, the, the ghastly, revolting in, insults that are thrown at me for being pro-freedom, um, anti-spanking, anti-circumcision, anti-child abuse, anti-communist, anti-statist, anti-socialist, anti-fascist, anti-national socialist, anti-Nazi, blah, blah, blah. All of the, like all of the rain of arrows that come down on me, like I've kind of designed my life to, to take those. 
And if you just take those without having designed your life that way, it's pretty rough. I mean, it's kind of rough at times. I'll be honest with you. There's times where I'm reading an article like, oh man, that's pretty bad. I wouldn't like that guy at all. But um, uh, I, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. It helps. And, and listen, you guys, by contributing to what it is that I do, supporting me at freedomain.com forward slash donate, sharing the videos, sharing the podcast, just sharing the ideas, if that's too hard a thing for you to do, uh, you're, we're all part of the same thing. We're all part. Of, I mean, I'm a little bit front and center, but we're all part of the same thing. All right. Uh, COVID-19 is the illness. The virus's name is, quote, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, SARS-CoV-2. Yes, I think that's uh, the case. Steph, will you ever move to the USA? Why or why not? It's, yeah, it's pretty tough to move to the States, by the way. You know, it's, uh, it is pretty tough to move to the States. And um, uh, demographically, the world is not, uh, the States is not going to be particularly friendly to me uh, in, in the future. So is the American-Canadian border still open? Uh, no, but thank you for reminding me. The Canadian-American border has been closed. And it is closed for non-essential. So for tourism, for vacations, for recreation, you cannot cross the border. If you're a trade or essential person, something. So, yeah, it is not, uh, it is not open. Sarah says, I followed you for a long time. I follow you a long time. Uh, now and you give a sense of ease during this time thank you for working so diligently on getting this information across to your supporters well thank you uh, thank you very much for your support and your uh, kind words i appreciate that and it's not just my supporters i mean you take this take this information out there you know just you can just you know go go to my website where i put all the links to this i put the links in the description below and just share the links again it doesn't have to touch me at all if if i'm too hot a commodity for you that's that's fine Debate destiny. Oh, God. <laughs> Guys are like so OCD on this kind of stuff. Uh, some people say fear mongering. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's it's not an argument to say fear mongering. Um, this is, I mean, this is not an argument. I understand that. But I do have people who are giving me information that is not generally in the public purview. I'm not pulling this stuff out of nowhere. And um, fear-mongering is, to me, if you simply dangle scary things in front of people without giving them actionable items, then that's sort of fear-mongering, right? But if you say, look, here's the risks, and I've never said this is going to be a disaster. I mean, I've said I hope it's not. I, I have my concerns. Um, you know, the numbers are not doubling in the way, but that could be for a number of reasons. It could be because tests are limited. It could be because people are still asymptomatic. It, I mean, it could be any number of things. It might be too late to have done anything than buy a little bit of time with social isolation. Uh, maybe it, it has solved the, 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 this particular round of the outbreak. But the virus is still out there. Like, until there's a vaccine, until there's a cure, and given its mutational rate, that seems tricky. Although, as I said, there are some indications that we've got good success rates in uh, China and good success rates in France in tests, but, you know, still pretty preliminary. And of course, you know, when you have, when you can release people from the endless slowdown red tape of the Food and Drug Administration or other regulatory bodies in the West, the creative genius of uh, the market and the, the, the scientists and, and all of the people, um, it's going to be incredibly powerful. So the free market unleashed is the most amazing thing on the planet. And now that people are being unleashed, 
uh, will help, but it's still there. I mean, so let's say you don't get it now because you can, uh, it's like holding your breath underwater. It doesn't turn you into, into a fish, right? You got to come up and breathe at some point. And so you might be, of course, in the situation where you say, hey, I don't have it yet and I'm, I'm socially isolating and so on, but can you, can you spend the rest of your life that way? Well, no, at some point society has to reemerge. It has to re, it has to come out of its bunker and it has to start interacting. And when that happens, the virus is still around. It doesn't vanish. So at some point, you know, it's, it's going to hit or we're going to have some sort of prevention or cure. All right. Let's see. I had what I believe is a normal cold since last Wednesday, but I decided to self-isolate just in case my condition has not deteriorated as yet. Thankfully, I think that is a good idea. Somebody says, I'm from the Netherlands. We'll fill all IC intensive care beds in five to six days. What do you predict will happen after that? Well, I think we all know what will happen after that is that people will be sick and they will not have uh, access to the kind of resources that can keep them alive, right? All right. Hi from broken South Africa. Hi. I hope you guys are staying safe down there. Molyneux has an injured neck from looking back at his glory days. No, I actually have an injured neck because of cancer surgery, but, you know, your joke is pretty funny too. All right. Too many people act irrationally in the face of fear. But you can't, uh, you can't withhold the truth because you're afraid of how people will react. I mean, that's not under your control. Whether you tell the truth is important, and that's under your control. How people react to it? Let's see here. This demands border closures as people ran from hot zones. We still had diseases coming across the border. We have an unlinked tuberculosis case here in an elementary school immigrant kid. Oh, yeah, for sure. All this medieval stuff has been... Um, uh, has been coming for a while, and all of those of us talking about closed borders and and stopping mass immigration and all of that. Now, you know, I just as I said, I said this a million times. I'll say it again. Philosophy means always being sorry that you're right. Uh, will you be releasing essential philosophy in print? Ebooks and audiobooks aren't my thing. Essential philosophy is available. In, oh, it's not. No, you're right. Um, I don't think so. I just I don't have any time for that kind of stuff at the moment. I'm sorry. If somebody wants to, uh, you know, if you have experience with this kind of stuff and you want to give me a ping, that would be excellent. Um, Stefan, let's get Dr. Peterson from blah, blah, blah. I could get that scheduled for you. Uh, yeah, Anthony, just uh, send me an email, operations at freedomain.com. Do you have enough toilet paper? Good Lord, what am I, a savage? Who on earth uses toilet paper? Scented wipes. Thank you very much. Uh, Stefan is silent on, wait, what am I, what are people complaining about now? <laughs> Stefan is silent on event 201 on the mass simulation of the coronavirus. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that when you can detect the sulfur content of the crematoriums from space, it's not just a simulation. Um, and no, fear is a powerful emotion that saves lives for millions of years. Absolutely. All of our emotions are healthy. All of our emotions are healthy. Not every single emotion we ever experience is healthy, but all of our general emotional categories are very, uh, very helpful. All right. Um, I've already heard of business owners having to lay off everyone. Their business is done. One example. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I get messages from people who cancel their subscriptions. And yeah, it's all like, uh, uh, yeah, I've lost my job and all of that. And, you know, please, again, cancel your subscription to me if you lose your job, please. Unless, you know, unless you get fired and you're, Bill Gates for something. Uh, does this really justify border control? I do not like cheap points. The previous arguments were sufficient. Real question. 
Well, I don't know how you go around convincing people, but getting people to stare at thousands of bodies should be enough. But it does, it does one or two things, right? Either somebody looks at those thousands of bodies that have been the result of lax border controls, and they say, holy crap, that's terrible. I should really think, rethink my position because there's thousands of bodies, and there may be tens of thousands of bodies or hundreds of thousands of bodies at some point. Or they say, I don't care, it's my belief system, in which case they're a complete sociopath and you should just run from them uh, slowly. Uh, herd immunity thoughts. I mean, it could happen, but man, it's, a, it's an ugly way to go. Why are there no videos of sick people speaking out? I mean, come on. How long until anarchy? Well, it depends on us. Thoughts on David Icke's interview on London Real? I have not watched it. Uh, I am preparing, of course, for my debate tomorrow with J.F. Garibi, who is a moral nihilist, and we will be debating whether ethics is a valid concept at all, if there's any truth to ethical theories, and uh, he has had some very critical things, though not comprehensible things, to say against my theory of ethics, universally preferable behavior. So tomorrow night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, be right here on this bat time, this bat channel. It's going to be a really, really great debate. There are some videos of sick people speaking out. Well, sure. What is the risk of hyperinflation from all the stimulus? Well, time. 100%. <laughs> of course, it's 100%. That's going to be a great debate. I think so. Uh, Stefan doesn't really believe in capitalism if he goes all totalitarian lockdown at the first sign of a sniffle. Wait, having borders is now totalitarian? I don't, I don't understand. You know who was open borders? China was open borders. The Chinese Communist Party was all kinds of open borders when it came to shipping the stuff overseas. So, again, if thousands of bodies piling up doesn't cause you to rethink your position, please stay away from me. Stay away from my channel. Stay away from me. Attack me. Reject me. Say I'm the worst guy ever because I think you're kind of a monstrous human being and I want you to have absolutely nothing to do with me or philosophy or my show or anything like that. So if thousands of bodies don't even cause a hiccup in your ideological commitments, you need to be far, far away from what it is that I'm doing and you need to be somebody who uh, consistently says what a bad guy I am, who consistently says how terrible I am, and all of that. I really, really strongly encourage you to uh, reject me in the strongest possible terms because as your life plays out, I don't want to have anything to do with the rest of that. Steph, why have there been no new outbreaks in China? How do you know? How do you know what's going on in China? You know, the Chinese government has been persecuting Falun Gong people for like, what's it, 20 years, 20 plus years? There are reports that if you want a piece of human anatomy, you can schedule it ahead of time so they can drag people out of cages and remove their organs and give them to you. But yeah, I'm sure they're really committed into telling truths that make them look bad. What do you think about silver solution? I don't know. I mean, this colloidal silver and stuff, I don't know. I really don't ask me about healthcare stuff. I'm, I'm a philosopher, not a doctor. Jim. Have you read The Plague by Albert Camus? Absolutely, yeah. I did actually read that. I read that when I was a teenager. And I remember it being an incredibly gripping book. And uh, it is one of the things that kind of informed me about this kind of stuff. And uh, it's called La Peste, I think, in the original French. But Albert Camus, uh, you should read The Plague. It's a very, very good book. I mean, he was pretty horrible. But is it a good time to buy gold or Bitcoin? Please don't ask me for investment advice. Um, 
I, uh, I'm, I'm not selling anything I've got. Let me put it to you that way. All right. Would you have dated a 27-year-old virgin if she was good-looking? Sure. Absolutely. You're above criticism. Holy crap. I guess we just worship you then or leave. You know what? Please, yeah, you, you continue to... If, if you think that I just am above criticism and don't take feedback, then you need to keep criticizing me, think I'm a bad guy, think I'm a narcissist, think I'm vain, and that way, when your life plays out in horrible ways, people won't associate you with anything that I'm doing. Please, just do it. Just do it. All right. Yeah, the claim of permanent lung damage is a game changer. Even if you recover, you might have 20% loss in function. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever had a debate with Alex Jones? No. Would you use a bidet? Only if I was thirsty. I'm 38 and date a 21-year-old. Well, either that means she's ridiculously mature or you're ridiculously immature. Uh, I'm going to go with the latter. Will the, West will the West continue business as usual with China after this is all over? So this is just a way of teaching people about communism and teaching people about economics and teaching people about regulatory capture and all of that kind of stuff. What advice would you give Trump right now? So the advice, here we go. President Trump, here's what you need to do. You need to be a leader and you need to explain to people that the coronavirus is not the fundamental problem. It is a symptom of the fundamental problem. The fundamental problem is this ridiculous open borders. The fundamental problem is all of the regulations, all of the taxes, all of the union privileges that have driven all of the manufacturing overseas. And the other fundamental problem that you have is you have an intellectual class in the United States that is sociopathically addicted to a murderous belief system, communism, socialism, hard socialism, communism. The coronavirus has revealed all of that. This is like flipping the light on and you see all the roaches in the room, right? The roaches being bad ideas, not people, right? And so you need to be a leader and you need to have like a long presentation. I mean, you got to have your charts, you got to have your graphs, you got to have, you know, here's, here's how all of this came to be. Now, maybe it's not you, maybe it's somebody else, but you need to start educating people on all of the dominoes that fell for this to have taken root and taken hold in the way that it has. And for America to have its economy shut down because of a virus. There are other economies that are functioning pretty well, even economies that are closer to China. I mean, Russia shares a 2,300-mile border with China directly, and it's had its very, very first death, which is an old woman who has had other health issues. So you need to start educating people. There is a very strong chance that the reset that's been necessary for many, many decades. So I did um, a research into, this is back in uh, 2011. In 2011, adjusting for inflation, spending on welfare was 17 times higher than it was when the war on poverty was first introduced in the 1960s under Lyndon Baines Johnson, the U.S. president who jumped into the seat after they scooped JFK out. And this has all been absolutely terrible for America. And this reset, this massive debt, this empire that can't be sustained, these unfunded liabilities, the fact that there's no money in the social security kitty other than a bunch of dusty treasury IOUs, the fact that none of this propping up with immigration, propping up with quantitative easing, propping up with crushing interest rates, propping up with debt, none of this is going to last. And so you could use this as a big teachable moment to say to people, this is our wake-up call for an unsustainable and brutal system that is preying upon the young, that is causing the old to fog in economic delusion, that is destructive around the world, 
predatory at home and you can say, we got to change everything. This is not about coronavirus. Coronavirus is like the straw that breaks the camel's back of a society that can't sustain itself, that is mired in illusion and counterfeiting in debt. We need a rational currency. We need an end to hyperregulation. We need more freedom, not less freedom. The government mailing out checks to anyone is just going to make things worse because it's an illusion. And you need to tell people that. Yeah, I can, I can print $1,000 a week for everyone in the country, but it's going to be worth nothing. It's not going to make you any wealthier. It's just going to drive prices up. There is no magical government printing press solution to these kinds of issues. So you've got to start teaching people. It should be like 24-7. Just get people, have like a White House education channel. Just have it running 24-7. Bring in your experts. Have the people understand. Wake them up to the hyper-unreality, Weimar-style nature of a system that's eating itself and eating its young, which is just about the worst thing that any political economic system can do, which is give the young no future, bury them under debt. No more bailouts. No bailouts. More bailouts will drive young people into the arms of communism, and the rich are basically signing their own death warrants if they continue to greedily grab at the milky-white hyper- printing press government teat of imaginary infinite cash. You need to educate people about everything that's gotten wrong in the system. In this moment, when people are home and they can actually learn something, they're home, they can actually watch something, you need to take this pause in this economic whirlpool that characterizes a money-printing democracy, democide, democracide, I guess is the way, it's like suicide by democracy, they're home, they can learn something, make it engaging, make it entertaining, make it interesting, animate it, get uh, comedians or the three conservative celebrities out there to do this. But you need to ma launch a massive educational campaign so that people can understand the sacrifices that are necessary to reset the system. Because people will accept sacrifice if they know what it's for. Give a man a why, says Nietzsche, he can bear almost any how. People will accept sacrifices if they know what the hell it's for, but they won't accept sacrifices if they think it's for the sake of another bailout to the rich. You won't get any sacrifices from people. In fact, people will start seriously thinking about it, taking a cue from Aerosmith and eating the rich for dinner. Spirit cooking style. So this is an incredible moment. This is why I've been working so hard on all this stuff. Like this is an incredible inverted pyramid moment where we could wake up or we might end up sleeping forever. So that's what I would do. Use this as an excuse or a mechanism by which educating people on the unsustainable horrors of the system that is. And have them accept that the reset is important. You know, people sacrifice so much for their children. They get up in the middle of the night. They go to Disneyland 12 times in a row when they don't care about it. They do incredible, make incredible sacrifices for their children. And if you can hook into that and say, this system is eating its young, young people have no future under the current system. Let's take the necessary sacrifices. And if you explain it to people in a way that makes sense to them, they will accept those sacrifices. I mean, there'll be some people who won't, I guess, whatever, right? But the majority of people will. So that's what I would do if I was in his situation. Massive educational effort. Get people touring, get people 
well, maybe not touring these days, but, you know, just get people to understand what's going on. So, all right. Uh, Steph, I'm afraid of my, of my parents telling me that I'm overreacting when I tell them to prepare. How do I overcome that fear and persist? I'm sorry that you're afraid of your parents. I'm really sorry that you're afraid of your parents. I would sit down and have a conversation with them. I've got a whole book on this called Real-Time Relationships, which you can find at freedomain.com. It's free. And you sit down with your parents and say, I really want to tell you to prepare, but I'm scared. Like, you got to figure out why do they have so little respect for you, the child they raised, that they don't respect your wisdom. I respect the wisdom of my daughter, and she's 11. What do you think of New Zealand? Yeah. I just I did something already. Sorry if you showed up late. but um, You believe in baby Yoda. I don't know. They used to be prettier. Dolls used to be prettier. Now we've basically got little orcs. Is it right to draw the conclusion that European countries with large immigration have suffered the most from corona spread? Yeah, of course. Of course. Do you believe in Q? I do not believe in Q. Tell them, listen up, boomer. Uh, me and my wife have to cancel her dream wedding. Should we still get married, but without a party? We want to start a family soon, not in a year. We're 25, 27 and 25. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And... Dream wedding? Her dream wedding should be to get married to you, not to get married in some puff cake, icing sugar castle, Barbie planet, right? <laughs> I mean, get married to you. And you know, you will remember. You will remember this wedding, and you will look back and you will smile and say, hey, remember how we had to cancel our dream wedding and get married uh, over Skype? I mean, that's just kind of memorable. Anyway, so. How do you reconcile the idea of strong borders with believing in a stateless society? Well, in order to achieve a stateless society, you need to have a majority of the population who believes in small government and free markets. And just about everybody coming into Western countries is anti-free markets and anti-small government. And that has not changed for generation after generation after generation. So, sorry. I mean, I'm, I wish that you could just reshape people's brains like potting clay with your words, but you can't. How much do you think the New York Stock Exchange will fall? Has the collapse even yet started? So there is a reset. There is a reset. And it's not the coronavirus. It's that stocks are overvalued as a whole, in my humble opinion. I mean, you've got Boeing out there taking free money from the Fed to some degree and causing like massive buybacks of their own stock. And uh, yeah, it drives the price up of stocks, but it's not real. Have you ever done a podcast with Scott Adams? I have. Have you ever done a video on the Fabian Society? It was the beginning of socialism in the West. I have not. Do you know for, uh, Nigel Farage is the real-life 007? Hmm, interesting. Um, let's see here. Somebody says, Steph, uh, I think, well, somebody was complaining. Ah, oh, you know, I want to get the complaints out too, right? No, I think I... Oh, yeah. Uh, somebody says, he told me to stop following. I'll do it. I'm tired of explaining to idiots on Twitter that think you are racist and defending you anyways. Unsubscribed. Yeah, listen, man. If it's too much heat, get out of the kitchen, right? If, it's, if, if the battlefield is causing your eyes to sting and your hands are trembling and you've got the PTSD shakes, uh, then yeah, you need to take a break from it for a while and, and enjoy your life. You know, we're not, uh, we're not supposed to be lashed to this charging horse of philosophy to the point where we have no happiness in our life. If you're spending your entire life defending me to people who don't listen to you, that's a terrible way to spend your life. Like, it really is a terrible, please don't do that. So the fact that you've unsubscribed, the fact that you're taking a break from me, from philosophy, from 
the cultural battle, please do that. You know, pace yourself. Take your time. Will the U.S. default on its debt? Well, it's already defaulting on its debt because it's monetizing its debt. Just printing, just printing money, right? So, all right. We love you from Seattle. Yeah. Is everything closed down in Canada? Yeah, quite a bit. Quite a bit. Is COVID cover 5G damage? I don't think so. I don't think so. But again, I'm no real expert. What do you think is the real reason Bill Gates stepped down? Maybe he reads Cernovich. <laughs> Could be. Uh, here we go. You think too highly of yourself. You are a dick. I do not believe you care about dead bodies of strangers any more than anyone else. Okay. So I thought you were just going to unsubscribe. Oh, you wanted, you wanted to hurt me with these insults and you saying, I'm out of here. And then you come back in to tell me more. <laughs> come on, dude, you look ridiculous. I mean, if you're going to, you know, leave and slam the door because you're having some why not hissy fit, then just at least have the fucking balls and self-respect to stay out of the room. Don't just come back in here and kvetch at me more. I'm leaving. Slam. And another thing. <laughs> come on, man. Come on. Come on. But you are a racist. Well, you know, I would suggest not using terms of abuse invented by an ideology that killed over 100 million people. You know, it's just my, you know, you understand that racist is, um, the racist has the same relationship with communism that Jew has with Nazism. In other words, it's a term of dehumanization uh, and it's a term of uh, othering and it's a term of uh, abuse that leads to violence, of course, in the long run. So, and not even the long run for me. All right. Uh, staff call centers in Ontario, Canada are not shut down. My workplace is threatened to fire many employees, and it is a call center located in a mall frequented by drug addicts and homeless. Could you please uh, find another job, if, if at all possible? I know it's kind of tough at the moment, but uh, really happy that you were giving out this information. Keep doing it. Thank you very much. I absolutely will. Can you do a Truth About David Icke video? I could, but I don't think that I will. Um, I want to educate through coronavirus philosophy as a whole, right? So, do you know somebody infected? I do not. I do not. Most of the people that I know are not in um, regular life. All right. Uh, where can we donate to you, uh, your channel? Seriously? It's right there on the, uh, um, uh, it's right there on the uh, freedomain.com forward slash donate, right there below me on the video. All right, a couple more questions. You guys are fascinating. Is China plotting a globalist empire hostile takeover now? Well, Chinese are very patient, right? So one of the unfortunate advantages that dictatorships have over democracies is democracies plan for the next six months, if at all. Right, they're just planning for the next election. They're doing, they just plan for the next couple of months, next six months. China literally has plans like where do we want to be in a hundred years, right? So they're very patient. It's like Islam, right? They're very patient in their expansion, and um, so, all right. Let's see here. Somebody says I've been sharing your virus updates. Oh, hey, not too many trolls, except for the people who dislike me, which is. All right. Don't take the mandatory vaccine, which will be coming. See the documentary Vax for evidence of big pharma corruption. Yeah, I'm reading a book called Mental Health Inc. And uh, it's really quite chilling just how much corruption there is in big pharma. It's just horrendous. Will philosophers cure this virus or do anything useful at all anytime in the future? I don't know about philosophers as a plural. Uh, you're doing a great job. Big thank you. 
Do you like scotch? No, I don't like hard liquor. Um, I will have a light beer from time to time, but I don't. I don't like hard liquor at all. It's like, and you know, it's just straight up sugar. Bro, you look like my left nutsack. You know, if you're spending a lot of time, like if if people are starting to look like balls to you, you might be spending too much time staring at balls. Uh, that's just a kind of basic axiom. I think Aristotle introduced that. Truth about Pierre Elliott Trudeau? Yeah, I guess possible. I guess possible, but um, there just seems to be quite a lot of uh, more important stuff going on at the moment. Oh, got to get that book. Can you post the title again? Yeah, it's uh, Mental Health Inc. by, um, I think, Levine, L-E-V-I-N-E. It starts off with a lot of Trump bashing, so you kind of got to skim that stuff, but uh, it's good after that. Will prostitution go bankrupt over coronavirus? Um, let's hope so. Any plans to visit Poland again? I would, uh, I would love to, but um, uh, travel is, of course, a bit of a challenge right now. How can we best practice the non-aggression principle during these times? Stay home. Um, let's see here. Good day. Stefan here late. Australia. Australia has gone insane. Yes, I don't doubt so, but, you know, Australia usually goes a, a kind of cool, good kind of insane. Uh, less guy with an axe and uh, more Hunter Thompson. All right. What will happen to the housing market? Um, let's see here. Should I wait to buy something? I would not go on a lot of purchases right now, because uh, if a lot of old people die, then a lot of houses are going to go on the market, and there will be... Um, uh, some people will be afraid to buy it because of coronavirus and other people might be able to get it cheaper. But again, I'm not suggesting you buy or sell anything. How is your health these days since your neck cancer? Well, it wasn't neck cancer. I just had a lump in my neck, but it was uh, lymphoma as a whole. I don't know, six, seven years ago. My health is just great. Thank you very much. Can you do truth on the current economic situation? Um, I don't know that I can when it's in such transition at the moment. But um, as I did say, you know, uh, I did say many years ago, Prepare yourself, there will be no economic recovery. And um, that's important as well. Why should I care about other people? Do you, do you want other people to care about you? Do you feel like a social animal? Do you want to... Anyway, all right. All right. Uh, will you be doing the call-in show again? Yes, I will be doing the call-in show. Um, I'm going to try and run it every Sunday... Uh, I think 11 a.m. or so, and the way that you get in is um, subscribestar.com forward slash free domain. Uh, you can, sorry, three bucks a month. I just have to have some kind of limit. The, the amount of messages and requests pouring in is absolutely beyond my capacity to, to uh, handle uh, in terms of like being able to do everything. So um, yeah, just go in there and we do the call-in show. We already have one. Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll give you guys a little wee, wee bonus. Can I give you a little wee bonus? Give you a little wee bonus. You know, just for staying in this, oh my gosh, hour and a half. You guys are too cool, too much fun. All right, we're almost done in a sec here. So here in the chat window, I will give you, I do have an upload, I haven't released it yet, of a call-in show that was, uh, was really good. It was a really, really good, we did a dream analysis, which I haven't done for whew, a long time, but um, let me give you a link. I will give you a link. I don't have any thumbnail yet, but here we go. Here, I'm going to put it in the chat, and you guys can enjoy your little 
sorry, I shouldn't say. You can enjoy your preview of Egg Ball and Show. Will it let me post it? Let's see here. Did it? Did it let me? That I don't know. Uh, where are the super chats? Dude, I've been demonetized forever. And they're not going to give me any monetization back, so. Um, we're going into recession or depression? It depends. It depends how quickly the band-aid comes off. All right. Is UBI the future in America? No. If UBI comes in, there will be no future. What's your best type of cheese? Good question. It's a good question. I like me a sharp, tangy cheddar. Um, but Havarti with some spice is also very nice. And I actually kind of like these. You can get these logs of cheese. I think it's kind of like a feta cheese with these raspberry puree on top. Sorry, a, a um, cranberry puree on top. It's really, really good. All right. Do you think the U.S. will declare martial law? Uh, M-A-R-T-I-A-L, sorry. Uh, I don't think uh, any. Um, are you a huge fan of Hunter S. Thompson? I like some of his writing, although he himself, as a human being, was uh, just, uh, he was a horrendous guy. All right. Do you know that uh, Sid Vicious's mom was pretty much the one who killed him? Not surprising that he was on heroin so badly. How do I cope with my girlfriend's extremely progressive parents? She herself is progressive, but not as far gone. Well, I don't know, man. That's a tough call. That's a tough call, man, because if you want to have kids, how are you going to raise the kids, right? You're going to, are they going to constantly see their parents arguing about stuff that they can't understand? Why are you so damn sexy? There is a question for the ages. I will let the audience ponder that one. All right. Do you think Scotland should be independent? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Alberta should could have had borders by now. Um, here's a funny thing too, right? Will you talk to Jesse Lee Peterson? I love Jesse Lee Peterson. I just haven't had time to connect with him lately. But um, yeah, I've done a couple of shows with him before. He's a great guy to watch. And you should follow him on Twitter. He is uh, very funny and very, uh, very incisive. So, oh my gosh, did I just lose my thought? Did I just lose my thought? Let me just go back up here because somebody had a good a good question. Do you like classical music? I do. I do. I just, I, by the by, I'm quite a big fan of, of the singer John Anderson of Yes and John and Vangelis. He did some solo albums that were pretty good. I just saw a video of him singing at the age of 74 and he sounds just as good. Uh, it's really pretty wild. Oh yeah, this is what I wanted to mention. So uh, how, how long do you think it's going to be until the global warming people tell us that... Uh, Global warming is actually a good thing because it kills off the virus sooner or it changes people's behaviors to the point where the virus is better off. <laughs> uh, uh, the virus is worse off and we're better off, right? So it turns out global warming might actually be really helpful for saving people from coronavirus, but you'll never. Will unfunded liabilities turn into smoke after crypto gets widely adopted? Is it the best solution you can think of too? Okay, so unfunded liabilities, they don't turn into smoke. They're already smoke. $180 trillion in America on a 16 or $17 trillion economy, half of which is women spending divorce money and government workers. So, no, unfunded liabilities are a complete, I mean, there's a complete fabrication. What do you think of women on Tinder? They are sex addicts, or rather attention addicts, which lead to being a sex addict. Armies are bloodsuckers. Uh, it's kind of an insult to parasites, my friend. Can you play an instrument? Um, well, I sing a little. And um, I, uh, I played violin for about 10 years when I was younger, but I'm not 
quite sure that I could do much with it anymore. It's been quite a while. Sarah says, great job, Steph. Been sharing your vids. I don't know if anyone will listen to me, but my conscience is clear. Well, that's important. You know, going through life with a clear conscience is a really important thing. Because I'm in my 50s now, I'm going to be 54 this year. Ooh, time flies. But um, I have seen what life looks like for people who have a bad conscience. It is, it is literally a fate worse than death. It is a fate worse than death to live with a bad conscience. It is horrifying. It is horrifying. So please, whatever you can do to have a good conscience... And good conscience is just about being honest and sharing important information, telling the truth, and having moral courage. It doesn't have anything to do with outcomes, which are beyond your control. My conscience is good. All right. Um, will the U.S. strike China back? God, I mean, I, no. I hope not, anyway. Um, because the, the, the punishment for China should be economic ostracism. It should be like nobody buys from China. Nobody, come on, right? The, the idea that it should be war? No, no, that's terrible. Michelle says, you are sexy because you are calm. Calm? Calm? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. God! <laughs> Listen to Chopin. Very, very nice. Uh, I like Liszt as well, but... Stefan, thank you for everything. Thanks for tonight. I'm signing off. Do you think you will write a peaceful parenting book? I think so. Yeah, after this, I think it's important, but I need a researcher. Will you do an, a show with Tommy Sotomayor? I would love to do another show with Tommy. Call me, Tommy. That would be great. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Why? No, but definitely with debates. Yes. F yeah, I am loving being wrapped in a warm blanket of good conscience and godliness. No, that sounds like a pretty warm blanket. All right. My Instagram-obsessed girlfriend is in crisis. The nail bars are shut, and so is the hair salon. Should I learn how to Photoshop? No, you should just get a better, a less vain girlfriend. Vanity is the fear of appearing original. Why is your video so clear? You have high bandwidth internet for streaming. I have been working uh, quite hard to get my bandwidth and my whole setup to be as clear as humanly possible. Yes, Prince Albert of Monaco has tested positive for coronavirus. Cancel festival has been canceled because of coronavirus. Prime Minister Molyneux. Yeah, my French is not good enough for that. Uh, you haven't been on Louder with Crowder in a while. Is everything okay between you two? Yeah, fine, as far as I know. I'm certainly happy to go back on. If they want to uh, get in touch with me, I would be happy to do that. Where is Hunter Biden? When will you stop filming in 4K? I don't know that anybody needs more of my freckles and uh, uh, and uh, wrinkles. Uh, so this is 1080 and 60 frames a second. I think that's just about fine. What happened to Lauren Southern? Ah, you should check her Instagram. She's been posting pictures of her baby. All right. Love your philosophy, mate. You rock. Well, thank you very much. Not my philosophy. I, oh, I'm going to be nitpicky. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. All right. So, okay, I'm going to close this down. Uh, you guys are way too much fun to chat with. And um, I have, uh, I'm sure some parenting dropped frames zero in an hour and 40 minutes. I appreciate that. And that's great. That's good to see. So have yourselves a wonderful week, guys. Don't forget to drop by. Uh, tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that is, oh Lord, the 20th uh, of um, March 2020 for my live debate with Jean-Francois Garieppi on moral nihilism versus the truth, <laughs> universally preferable behavior. Don't forget to drop by the Discord server available, subscribestar.com forward slash free domain. 
Uh, we're going to do uh, debate prep tomorrow, probably. Um, and uh, people really, really help me out with that kind of debate prep. Hugely appreciated. And uh, love you guys so much. Drop by freedomain.com forward slash donate to help me out or just drop by to read the blog and the books. They're all free. For the most part, I think one is not because uh, it's on Audible. The Art of the Argument. And um, I'll see you guys soon. And uh, stay safe. Stay home. We'll get through this. And uh, the world may be a much better place as a result. Lots of love from me here. Take care.